Fox Spots and Chair Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Fox Spots and Chair Shots on all platforms to make sure we get in here on Fox Spots and Chair Shots. One of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage represents the takeover all day. And Fox Spots and Chair Shots, check Hello to my people, and if you're watching live, checking us out on YouTube, or listening on your favorite podcast provider, you are most definitely my people. Welcome to another episode of Botch Bots and Chair Shots, and we are live at MEW Vibe. Joining me tonight, one of the MEW superstars debuting tonight is Skrilla the Great. That's right. Skrilla, That's right. Hey. how are you, man? Thank yeah, you how are you, man? I'm good. I'm nice good. to meet you. You as well. It's been it's been nice kind of hanging out, getting the, getting the vibe, so to speak, yeah, hanging out with the boys today. Yes, sir. Um, PCW, IWE, Next Gen, KLT, you're holding lots of gold oh, right yeah, now. Yeah, man. It's getting uh, heavy. Getting once heavy. upon a time, territory <laughs> gold was kind of the thing yeah. in indie wrestling, yeah. you know? Uh, what was it like kind of getting that call for you and then being like, Skrilla, you're going to be the guy, you're going to hold the strap? It's a beautiful thing. I've been working really hard uh, the past eight, almost nine years right now. So, you know, uh, it's an honor to actually hold it and feel like the territories again and, and continue to evolve Georgia wrestling. Well, time around that territory, Georgia Championship Wrestling, a lot of the stuff that came out of the Southeast was historic. Yes. What's the Georgia territory like right now for you guys in 2023? It's it's incredible. Uh, it's growing each day. And um, I mean, as you see it here, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. There's so many eyes on Georgia wrestling right now, and I don't think we get enough credit, but I, I also think that the credit is coming. So so let's talk about MEW right now. Yeah. Right now in the Southeast, there's a few promotions that are really setting themselves apart, and MEW is right at the head of the pack right That's now. Right. In your eyes, That's what right. are they doing that kind of separates themselves from everybody else? I mean, you see it right behind you right now. The the production, the, the entranceway, the lights, the glamour. I mean, you got the vets in here. You got Buff Bagwell. You got Scott Armstrong. It's... It's. It feels like you're you're right there in the mix of of the majors, you know. So, um, I, and I think it's just preparing us to get to the next level. So it's a beautiful thing, man. So let's talk about your exposure a little bit. What did you grow up watching as a young fan? Man, I was a, I was actually I started as a WCW guy. Um, I kind of started off late, I was eight years old when I first started re- watching wrestling. But I mean, when I did, I was glued, you know. And then I evolved to WWE and um, ECW, and I just, I just watched everything, man. I became a student of the game very early. So that's one of my favorite things to talk about is football, basketball. Yeah. These guys study tape all yeah. the time. Yeah, man. Um, how much tape are you watching? Do you man, watch your tape? Do you watch your endless, tape? Endless amount of tape. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, a lot of guys appreciate when I get in the ring and be like, oh, hey, uh, let's let's do this. And they be like, oh, you. Yeah, I'm kind of showing them that I watch their stuff before we get in there, man. I, I show that respect to those guys because we're all trying to get to the next level, you know? It's all about the respect, especially yes, in the wrestling. Yes, sir. Um, it's all about the, the relationships you build and yes. the way you develop those. Um, right now in MEW, uh, it seems to be a very tight-knit group of guys in yeah. the locker room. Can you speak a little bit on what the locker room's feeling like right now for you guys? It's a beautiful environment, um, and everybody's hungry, and, you know, it's it's a marathon, but, you know, we love that friendly competition, you know? So I think we all help each other, um, you know, just grow, you know? And I think it's a beautiful thing, you know? So let's talk about breaking into the business now. Uh, when it came time to, to start training and deciding on a school, what was that process like for you? Uh, it was it was crazy because I've uh, I pretty much touched touched a lot of places in Georgia wrestling as far as training, um, and I mean I, I started the untraditional way and did the backyard wrestling, but I, it evolved me. I met Fred Yehi and 
just moved from there from Micah Taylor to uh, Cruel to all kinds of guys that I've, I've trained with AR Fox, you know, so, but it's, it's also, I, I, I did that. So I don't become one dimensional, you know, I'll be prepared for anybody, you know? So I think that was really cool for me to move around and, and train with other guys. Well, you're currently holding four different titles, four yeah. different promotions. Yeah. Um, that's a lot for one superstar to take yes. on for themselves. Yes. Um, what do you do mentally to, to keep yourself focused? So PCW's one night, IWE's one night, you're at MEW one night. Like, how do you keep, you know, four different stories, four different focuses, four different feuds? You know, I wish I had a handbook for it, but I really don't. I just kind of, um, I stay focused and try to stay positive through it all. Um, I do a lot of meditating. That, that helps a lot. Um, but just I, I try to make it fun and and just realize that I'm doing what I love to do. This is the dream that I've always had, and I'm very grateful that I'm allowed to do this. So I just go in it as keeping that positive mindset and knowing that I'm doing something I love and I want to make the best of it. So everybody went through the unfortunate struggles that COVID nineteen brought to the country. Yeah. Oh man, um, independent wrestling. Yeah. I'm, I'm from the restaurant industry. I was yes, me too. me too. Me too. Me um, too. So you know, jokingly, I'll put it that the restaurant industry and indie wrestling got hit the hardest. Yes, no doubt. No um, doubt. Looking at where we're at now, though, a few years back, it's kind of started to, to get that that resurgence going. What's yeah. the boom been like for indie wrestling right now for you? Oh, incredible! Because to see the resurgence of it is incredible. Like uh, like you said, COVID hit really hard. On top of me losing a best friend that was actually doing the dream with me and uh it hit me really hard and to see it come back and to be able to chase the dream again i i'm so grateful dude so grateful so one of the things i'm most fascinated by period across the board anywhere i go and i have a chance to watch these is the crowds and the territories yeah, yeah. um even specifically in tennessee i can be in nashville i can be in chattanooga mm -hmm. i can be in memphis mm -hmm. three very different markets three very different right. territory fills does georgia still have that same fill can oh you go to yeah Atlanta? can you be here in Griffin? oh yeah is they're, it different they're from crowd to crowd completely market to market? different like klt's old school um I mean, it could just be, but they're they're all about the storytelling. And then you can go downtown Atlanta, and then they just want to see the best moves that you can offer. You know, I love, and I love that. I love knowing, hey, I'm about to go here, so I know what to bring to the table. It, it, I think it's very fun. It makes it fun for us, you know. Nice, girl. I close all of my interviews with five random questions that okay. have nothing to do with wrestling. I've all got right. your skewed up. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's get it. What's your favorite fast food? Oh, man. <laughs> Zaxby's. What's your favorite venue you've ever had a chance to wrestle in? Uh, center stage in Atlanta. I love Atlanta. Yes. Do you think a hot dog is a sandwich? Why not? It's in a bun, right? Bread. <laughs> yeah. Do you believe in aliens? Ironically, yes, I do. All right, final <laughs> question. Are there any conspiracy theories that you think hold water? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Uh, and just <laughs> dive into that if you don't understand. <laughs> all right, Phil, I appreciate you, man. Like your stuff, tell everybody where to find you and put your socials over. Man, just uh, all you got to do is Google Scroll of the Great and it'll, it'll put you everywhere. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just Google me, man. Check out the Peanut Butter Falcon. I was also featured in that. Sports Illustrated, I was featured in that as well. And thank you for uh, allowing me to be on your show, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day, man. And joining us again from MEW Vibe, he is one of the coaches behind the scenes, but you probably know him from pretty much everywhere else in the business, the man's work. He's a legend inside the ring and out. Scott Armstrong. Scott, oh. thanks for coming on Chat Muscle Wrestling, man. How are you? Dude, I'm awesome. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to wake up this morning, to tell you the truth. <laughs> so uh, let's just kind of start with it. 
you know, starting in the early 80s with your career all the way through 2023. Um, what about this moment right now made MEW special for you? So, you know, I had a really nice, uh, I had a nice run in the business period because um, I always wanted to do this. But then, uh, you know, once WWE sent me, put me out to pasture, <laughs> I, uh, I sat at home for a little while thinking, man, what am I going to do? And then uh, lo and behold, I, I did WrestleCon in Dallas uh, during WrestleMania week and uh, ran into Dwayne Bell, who is the man behind the MEW. And he said, man, I, I got a thing I want to start doing and, and I, I got big plans and would love to have you aboard. And so, you know, that that was at WrestleCon. So you have people on the road, just so you really can't talk in detail. But I'd known Dwayne for probably 30 years. And I said, uh, yeah, I'll give you a call. And so we shot the breeze a little bit. And I saw that I had the opportunity uh, before my time was up in the business to be involved in something that was a, an upstart and uh, and be a part of it from the ground up. And so it's the... You know, it's the old dude that's been in the business for a really long time, and all of a sudden there's something that lights his fire again, and this is it. This is the the indie level to start and and start with something small and try to make it big and to be on the ground floor. And, and I love it. I've had such a great time so far, and to, to be able to work with all these young guys that, um, you know, they're dreaming of having a career in this business, and I've been very fortunate to have had one. So it's fun to be able to pass it on and to uh, – and to work with these guys and look, no matter how old you get, and believe me, I'm old, you to be able to be in a locker room around a bunch of twenty something year old guys and they're all talking smack like like it's the first time it's ever been spilled and you realize, yeah, I said the same stuff, but it was forty years ago. <laughs> it's just fun for me. It's a lot it's a lot of fun. Okay. So yeah, you were there okay. through the territories, through the WCW days, into the WWE buyout, into the territories now, the way you need to see it is right now. Uh, I want you to, to, this is a two-part question. Okay. Something wrestling can use to change back to from the territory days, and something wrestling is better for changing in 2023. So, look, a lot of, uh, something that, that I feel came through from the territory days was the knowledge and know-how, which not everybody has it because if you don't learn from the past, you're them to repeat it, right? And so um, just at the end of the day, flips are cool. Flying off the top to the floor, that's cool. But the marquee says one word, and that's wrestling. And when all else fails, grab a headlock. And that's an old joke in the wrestling business, but you see it and you see it a lot. And uh, 2023 does offer, look, I remember my father uh, when I was eight years old uh, being at a show and all of a sudden the bad guy came out of the curtain, you know what I mean? And people booed the bad guy. And then you see the good guy come out and people cheer for the good guy and you go, and then now fast forward to 2023 and it's a light show and a rock concert and that's just on an entrance and and to be able to um, what I wish we had back then was the ability to point to a WrestleMania sign or to get the camera shots because look uh, WWE's camera crew second to none and I worked I was there for a decade and a half off and on and 
and their camera crew and their behind the scenes people, their, their attention to detail cannot be rivaled. It's unbelievable. But that's why they are a multi-billion dollar company is because of the attention to detail. I wish that attention to detail was something that we had back in the day. Because back in the day, you'd just discuss a couple of things and then go out there and try to do it. In today's time, it's not that way at all. Your cameraman can be your best friend and your cameraman can make your career. And of course, people don't see that. You know, they don't they don't realize that. They say, oh, look, he's doing so. If he's doing something that you're cracking on, chances are he discussed it with the cameraman before he did it so that you would crack on it. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, look, I... I love, the, I love the give back part of it. So I feel like I did bring a lot from back then and I try to put it into uh, today's terms. And it's just like I was telling you a few minutes ago, you, you sit in the locker room with a bunch of guys 20 years old and they're thinking of how they can go into things and you have to slow them down sometimes and say, 16 moves is cool, but if you pull the hair one time, you'll get the same response. So it's, uh, you know, it's just fun to teach and I feel like, I brought a lot of that with me, and I'm thankful for it, for sure. So from a coaching perspective now, uh, is getting primed uh, to make a debut on television. Uh, when you're coaching your guys along, is there a big difference the way you coach for a house show versus coaching for a TV taping? Oh, 100%. 100%. In a, in a um, house show slash live event with no cameras, you literally are playing to all four sides. And the minute you go put a TV camera up where you're playing to the TV camera, which will limit your uh, your ring time to the sides and behind you. And you always want to acknowledge your fans. I mean, there's no doubt about that because they're your fans. But at the same time, you know that what's in the crowd behind you, there are hopefully a hundred times that in front of you in that uh, camera. So yeah, it's, it's definitely two ways of coaching. <laughs> All right, it's WrestleMania season. I couldn't sit down with Scott Armstrong without asking a WrestleMania question. You got to be in the main event, WrestleMania 25. What's it like day of when you are when you know you're going into the main event of WrestleMania? Oh, dude, there's very little sleep involved. Um, you wake up and you're already in your own head thinking about what you should eat because you don't want to be sick in the rain because there's other people relying on you not just you and um the, the kicker for me personally was uh, triple h personally asked me to do this match and you definitely don't want to let him down and you don't want to let yourself down because you've built your entire career for this moment and uh, it's just a lot of getting inside your own head and just pacing yourself and trying not to blow yourself up mentally or physically, which is easy to do because you're, again, you're not eating everything. Catering at WrestleMania is usually like 30 buffets. It's crazy. And you get there and you want to eat everything, but you know that you got to go out there and it's, you know, Triple H and Undertaker and they're going to go 35 or 40 minutes. And, oh, it's just... Uh, Looking back on it, definitely, uh, you know, the high spot of my career. Um, and look, I wrestled for 22 years before I ever put a referee shirt on. So I had some high spots in my career uh, as a wrestler. But uh, if you said, what's the biggest thing you ever did, without a doubt, WrestleMania. And, and in front of my 
parents and my, you know, my wife and kids, my brothers and, and, uh, you know, just a, a feather in my cap. But yeah, dude, that, that day was like a, it was just an inside my own head day. <laughs> Another question. This is one that I've been curious about. You've held the title senior referee. You were senior referee at ECW. You've held it, you know, a few other places you've been as well. For you at that, at that level, what does it mean being the senior referee? It means being available to, uh, well, I mean, a job role is literally being available, available to any and all talent, any and all referees. And what usually would happen would be the talent would come to me and go, hey, if we did this, what would be the referee's role in this? Is this legal? Would this not be legal? And usually they'd come to me first. And then I would say, you know, nine times out of 10, I'd say, well, what did your referee say? Because talent honestly should go to their referee first and then come find the head referee. But look, either way, the goal is to have a great match or a great show. So it doesn't matter if I'm in the match or not, as long as the show's great. You know what I mean? I'm on the Titanic. Titanic. I don't want to go down with this yet, but um, I just feel like uh, senior referee is, is a, a, definitely an honor and it comes from the other refs and it comes from the company. And and they literally put you up there to say you're their go-to guy. And it's so funny because on social media, there's millions of referees and they can tell you exactly how it ought to be done. And that was always my favorite part if I did anything dastardly on TV to look at and see on social media and I just get buried. You don't know any, you clown. You don't... <laughs> oh, it's the best. Okay, so coming up through the early 90s, you had a chance to cross paths with one James E. Cornette at Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yes, sir. Um, a lot of people regard that as being the last frontier of territory wrestling. He was very proud of the fact he tried to make it one of the territories. He was also on a TV deal. I see a lot of parallels between Smoky Mountain Wrestling and what you know yes. uh, MEW is doing right now. Do you see any similarities with where, where Smoky Mountain was in the 90s versus what MEW is trying to do now? 100%. And look, when I was when I was with WWE, we you could see that that WWE was above and beyond all wrestling platforms. There was no AEW at the time. And so we talked about, you know, the older dudes talked about all the time, eventually this will plateau. And it will be its, you know, WWE will be its own entity, and the smaller organizations will start popping up. And look, MEW is there on on the Gulf Coast where I live, just an hour from my house. Uh, there's a an organization just like this called Diamond Championship Wrestling, and they're doing this exact same thing. And you see it it starting to pop up now because, you know, AEW. I I don't. I've never worked for them. I don't pretend to know anything about it. But do I see the parallel of Smoky Mountain and what's being done here with MEW? 100%. It's the, it's honestly the exact same thing. And look, we're, uh, you know, embarking on the first two episodes for MEW uh, television show. Um, will mistakes be made? 100%. That's how you learn to make the next show better is you make mistakes and learn from it. And if you don't learn from it, then you shouldn't, you shouldn't have a TV show. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's very much the same. And look, with MEW starting to put, instead of putting together a show here and then a show three weeks later or a show there, they're putting together two shows at a time. So you do an entire weekend 
and the crew gets a chance to get to know each other and work together and and it makes the product better and so look i'm excited about it because i did do this in the smoky mountain days so what the the uh, 90s and here it is 2023 and i'm back at it so it's a blast <laughs> for me all right Scott, I always close all of my interviews with five random questions. Most of the time, not having anything to do with wrestling. I've got yours. Awesome. Five queued up. You ready? I'm in. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Gladiator. Great pick. Do you have a favorite song or musical artist? Stevie Wonder. Also a good pick. Do you believe in aliens? I married one. <laughs> <laughs> when you eat tacos, do you like hard shell or soft shell tacos? Hard shell. Last one, and this is important. It's my favorite one I always ask. What is your favorite venue you've ever had a chance to do a show in? Oh, easy. London O2 Arena. It's the arena where Michael Jackson had booked it to do the 50 shows in a row, and then he passed away. But that's how good that venue is. The acoustics, the I think it's like 20,000 or whatever. And I actually, I know this is a long answer for your last question, <laughs> but I actually refereed the main event of the Undertaker's Rest in Peace tour, which was his very last tour he ever had. And I got to tell you this story right quick. Absolutely, it was, please do. I'm in the ring, referee first one in the ring, and they play Big Show Big Show versus Undertaker. They play Big Show's music. Big Show comes out, and they boo, they boo him, of course. And then all the lights go out, and when the lights go out, you hear that very first gong. And all of a sudden, it's pitch black. And we're in the, Big Show and I are in the very center of 20,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs. And all of a sudden, Big Show just leans down and goes, this is awesome. And that's exactly what it was. It was the most awesome thing. Uh, I'll never forget it as long as I live. It was such a cool moment in my life. But that arena, I, I love, we went there, you know, twice a year. And now I wish I was, they're going back, I think, uh, in June or something. I wish I was going with them. It was awesome, awesome arena. Excellent. Scott, I appreciate you stopping by and chatting. Well, thank you, brother, very much. Thank you, buddy. Five Spots and Share Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Five Spots and Share Shots on all platforms to make sure we get in here on Five Spots and Share Shots, one of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. Jay Savage of Central Takeover is the takeover all day in Fox Fox and Fair Savage. Check. Savage!